good to see all of you here today. So, uh, my name is Tommy Redding. For those of you that may not know me, I'm the discipleship pastor here at Stephen Street. I'm uh, thankful to be able to have this opportunity to speak with you all this morning as our pastor is on vacation. Um, I just love being able to get to come up here and do this every now and then and speak with you all. And uh, so, again, I just, I'm just grateful to be able to do this today. Uh, you know, so today is July 4th, a day on our calendar to remind us of the beginning of our country's independence. It's a day that has been set aside so that we do not forget our nation's history. A day in 1776 that, that delegates from 13 different colonies would sign a document written by Thomas Jefferson. A day that has served as a marker to remind us of our independence as a country and what others went through over 200 years ago to achieve it. Markers are used all throughout our lives for events that are meaningful and memorable. You see them everywhere. Like, like if you were in New York City, you would find the 9-11 memorial. It marks a horrible tragedy, so we will never forget where over 3,000 people in our country lost their lives due to an unexplainable act of terrorism. Or then you can go to Murfreesboro, Tennessee, a little bit closer, and, and see markers for the Battle of Stones River at the Stones River Battlefield, where the bloodiest, one of the bloodiest battles in the Civil War occurred. We also mark grave sites with, with headstones to indicate where someone is buried. And we place our hands in concrete when making a sidewalk to mark where it was made or when it was made. And then you see markers like this in homes, door frames with, with notches or markings in different colors and heights to indicate how fast children have grown over the years. Or maybe it's a, a family picture like this one that, that hangs in your living room to, to mark a particular season in life. And, and some of you may have one of these in your home too. Um, student ministry, they, they may not know this much, but so when I was growing up, we had these things called scrapbooks. <laughs> hey, other, another old person. Good. Thank you, Joey. No. <laughs> Who, who has a scrapbook like this from when they were a kid? Raise your hand real quick. Man, a scrapbook, it, it keeps record of so many things. Like, and be, because I'm old, um, it has newspaper clippings in it. Your kids are like, what's a newspaper? So, you know, there's here, through a child's eye, and I was in the newspaper, and this was November 11th, 1984. I was, I was seven years old. When do you think we'll have our first snowfall? And there I am with January 6th. I may have to go back on that and look. And then, of course, a scrapbook would not be complete without showing the picture of when I won my first spelling bee. Oh, you laugh. We take spelling bee seriously at our house. Some of you do not realize that you have a four-time spelling bee champ on this stage in front of you today, and you are taking it for granted. Now, I, I, I had a dry streak. In second grade, I won it. Third grade, I finished second. I was really tore up about that. I got orchard and orchid mixed up. 
but I came back strong in fourth grade and won it. And then we had some years that it was just kind of dry and barren. And then 10th grade, I pulled it off again. And then in 12th grade, I went out with a bang and I won that thing. Because if you went to the spelling bee, it means you get out of school for the day. So I was like, well, sure, let's go for it. So, you know, you have things like, like a scrapbook that they, they mark important things in your life. You know, I, I even have, and I've, I've got an example here. Uh, it's not the exact one. Um, little bouncy ball. You know, nothing, nothing real special here. Um, would mean absolutely nothing to anybody here. If you saw this, you would think a child just dropped it in the hallway and you'd move along your day. Um, I brought this example. I'm, I'm keeping my real one at home because, because of the, the sentimental value to it. Um, but I got this when I was at a Dave and Buster's. Who knows, who knows what a Dave and Buster's is? You all know what Dave and Buster's is? I know you can already see the significance of, of this now. Who would not want to remember a trip to Dave & Buster's? Um, it's, if you've never been to a Dave & Buster's before, it's basically a big, gigantic arcade uh, where you can enjoy fine dining, like burgers and chicken tenders and fries, that type. I mean, real classy place. So if you've never been, you need to go. So, well, after eating an elegant dinner there one night, I played some games, one of which you all can probably guess was skee-ball. And of course, when you play skee-ball, what do you get? Tickets. That's the only reason you play skee-ball. You will spend $38 to get five cents worth of tickets. So when the evening was over, I counted up all of my tickets and realized Sadly, that I was not going to be able to get a huge teddy bear or anything like that that was hanging on the wall. Instead, I had to look at the case of shame, that glass case that you go over and it has all the little baskets with the little cheap toys that the kids win and they already lose it by the time they get out to the car in the parking lot that night. So after some thought, I got a little bouncy ball like this one here, except the one that I have at home is orange. It's not for the University of Tennessee or anything like that. Um, but when you look at that bouncy ball, you'll see that it actually looks like a miniature billiard ball, the orange number five ball to be exact. And I chose that ball because the number five had meaning to me. See, I wasn't eating at Dave and Buster's alone. That would have been a horrible memory to mark. No, I had taken this beautiful young woman named Stacy Walker out that evening for one of our first dates. And the number five was significant for us because it marked August 5th, 2001, the date of our first kiss. So I have a little bouncy ball of all things to mark the occasion so I would never forget such an important moment in my life. Now we all have a variety of markers in our lives because there are so many things in our lives that we just, we just don't want to forget. And, and while having markers in our lives are important, I believe that Joshua 4 shows us the importance of having spiritual markers in our lives. 
But before we read this passage for some context, we have to look at what led up to this moment in Joshua 4. So looking back, the Israelites who had been enslaved for 400 plus years were to be led by a man chosen by God, a man named Moses, who was to lead the Israelites on their escape from Pharaoh out of Egypt and into the promised land, into Canaan. Instead of trusting that God would actually give them Canaan, the people rebelled against God. They did not believe that they could truly live there because they were fearful that the people that actually lived in Canaan at the time would kill them if they entered the land. The land was theirs because God had promised victory to them, but they chose not to believe him. So as a result, they, they wandered in the desert for 40 years as punishment for the lack of their faith. Not only that, but the generation that did not believe that God would truly provide the promised land would never be allowed to see the promised land. So fast-forwarding a little bit, as they were getting closer to the promised land, God gave Moses the authority to speak with power so water would come out of a rock to provide for his people. But instead, Moses struck the rock instead of only speaking. Because of his disobedience, Moses was told that he would not enter into the promised land. And as a result of this action, when they finally approached Canaan, when they were getting near, Joshua was chosen to be the new leader who would lead the people into the promised land of God. So after all of these years, they were close to seeing this promise become a reality. And in order to get to the promised land, they had to cross the Jordan River. After Joshua had prepared the people to cross over the Jordan, and when the day finally came to do so, the priests carrying the ark, the ark of the covenant, were commanded to walk into the Jordan. And when they did, the water ceased to flow. And the people were able to cross on dry ground. And that leads us to where we are in Joshua 4. So if you would, open your Bibles to Joshua chapter 4. And we're going to read verses 1 through 7. So in Joshua 4, starting in verse 1, it says, When all the nation had finished passing over the Jordan, the Lord said to Joshua, Take twelve men from the people, from each tribe a man, and command them, saying, Take twelve stones from here out of the midst of the Jordan, from the very place where the priest's feet stood firmly, and bring them over with you, and lay them down in the place where you lodge tonight. Then Joshua called the twelve men from the people of Israel, whom he had appointed, a man from each tribe. And Joshua said to them, Pass on before the ark of the Lord your God into the midst of the Jordan, and take up each of you a stone upon his shoulder, according to the number of the tribes of the people of Israel, that this may be a sign among you. When your children ask in time to come, what do these stones mean to you? Then you shall tell them that the waters of the Jordan were cut off before the Ark of the Covenant of the Lord. When it passed over the Jordan, the waters of the Jordan were cut off. So these stones shall be to the people of Israel 
a memorial forever. In this passage, we see that the moment had arrived. And they were finally going to enter the promised land. And this was a huge moment, and the Lord wanted them to create a marker to remember what had happened. Joshua called a man from each of the 12 tribes to to pick up a stone from where the priest stood so it would be used as a sign among them to remember the event. But the stones they were told to carry were not like small pieces of river rock or gravel. Not something they could simply carry in one hand or in a pocket of their garment. These stones were of significant size, large enough they had to carry them on their shoulders. You can think of something similar to maybe um, a, a, a version of the landscaping rocks that we have out in front of our church. You know what I'm talking about, those, those larger rocks. So they were to carry these large stones on their shoulders from the middle of the dry Jordan to the other side where they set up their camp. And Joshua then took the 12 large stones and built a rather large marker for the people of Israel to see as they walked around their camp to serve as a memorial. The Lord knew that the people would benefit from having this marker in their camp. And it shows us the importance of having spiritual markers in our own lives as well. For starters, spiritual markers remind us of the power of God. Spiritual markers remind us of the power of God. When we look at this marker that Joshua built, these stones were not ordinary stones. This marker, this this memorial was not a pile of gravel that would just blend in with the environment. Any kid in their group could gather a bunch of rocks in a pile and, and, and made it you know, something important to them. These, these weren't a few rocks even from the bank of the Jordan. Because anyone could have walked along the banks of the Jordan and collected some, some sizable rocks so they could remember what happened and put them in a, in a stack. These rocks, though, they were different. These 12 rocks came from the middle of the dry Jordan River bed. A place that had been untouched by human feet. A place that human eyes had never even seen before that day. A place where no one else would have been able to gather rocks before that day. So when the people saw these rocks, they would always be reminded that there was only one way for those rocks to be where they were. And that would be through the power of God. These rocks were never accessible to anyone until that day. So when you look back, what are the spiritual markers in your life, like like these rocks that point to the power of God, things that only God could have done. For example, think about your salvation, how you came to know Christ. That when you look back, you're like, there is no way that could have happened except through the power of God. 
Maybe there was an answered prayer in your life that you can look back on and you can say, you know what, I have prayed for this for years and for years and for years. And you know what, the world would tell me there's no way that this would ever happen. But through the power of God, it did. Maybe, maybe it's a restored marriage. That it's a marriage that, that was falling apart. And, and you look back and you can think of the conversations you had with your friends at work. And they were saying, you know what, you should just get divorced. You should just forget about it because you know what, it's not working. You should just cut, cut it and just move on through life. But through the power of God, that marriage was restored. Or maybe you were dealing with a, with a significant health issue. Maybe it was cancer or, or, or some other horrible thing. And you look at it, and, and, and the doctor said that there was a very low percentage, and you really are probably only going to have a couple more years to make it through this. But yet here you are 15 years later because it's something that only the power of God could have made reality. You know, we could sit here all morning and, and we could keep adding to this list. Everyone in here could contribute something to this list based on what God has done in your lives. And in each of the things that we would add would serve as a spiritual marker to remind us of how powerful and mighty our God is. But spiritual markers not only remind us of the power of God, but they remind us that we can trust him today. See, the Israelites needed this reminder now that they had crossed the Jordan. Remember earlier, we did a quick recap on how we got to Joshua 4. The Israelites should have been in the promised land many years prior to that. But they didn't trust God. They had heard reports of the people that lived in Canaan and feared them. Despite the fact that God had promised to give them the land, that when they crossed into it, they truly believed that they were going to be killed upon the arrival of entering it. This generation of Israelites needed to see this spiritual marker to be reminded that they could trust God that day. They didn't need to question whether God was capable because they had just seen him do an amazing act of stopping the flow of the Jordan River simply so they could cross it. Surely if, if God could allow them to cross the Jordan like that, then they could trust him to provide them safety in a new home. You know, I've got a, a spiritual marker in my life. And it always reminds me of how much I can trust God. It was August 2003. And, and, and Stacy and I, we had been praying about my call to ministry. And we felt that, that God was leading us to move to Louisville, Kentucky, so I could get my master's degree at the Southern Baptist Theological Seminary. And the difficult part of, of making this move was that we didn't have any major guaranteed income that would, nothing that would be coming our way once we actually got to Louisville. See, I had left my full-time job working at a record label, and Stacy had left her job, full-time job, as an elementary school teacher 
in order to make this happen. The only income we had was from a part-time job when I worked at a Lifeway in Murfreesboro because I at least wanted to have something when we got there. So they, they made a transfer so I could, I could have a job. We believed God had called us there and that we could trust him to make everything work out. After we got there, just like the Israelites did on many occasions, though, doubt started to creep in our lives, mainly mine. See, despite the call by God, it was difficult to see how it was going to be a reality for us. You see, when we moved there, there was a hiring freeze in Jefferson County. So they were not hiring anyone in the school system at all. So it was going to be rather difficult to find a job for Stacy. I had no idea where we were going to get the money to live there permanently, let alone pay our first month's rent when it was due. We kept praying while continually looking for possible job options for Stacy, so she would be able to focus on working and I'd be able to focus on uh, taking a heavy course load at school and I remember having conversations with her where I would wrestle with being called there and struggling with, what if we were wrong? What if, what if we were not supposed to move here? Now, I'm still called, but what if, what if we weren't supposed to move here? Or, or maybe, maybe God wants to provide money for us, but he wants to do it through our family. But, you know, that could be a possibility. Maybe that's what God wants to do. But as we prayed and as we prayed, Stacy kept pointing me back toward trusting God even more. And as the days grew closer to our rent being due and knowing that we had a sad, empty little bank account, my trust in God grew. It grew to the point that when the day came that our rent was due and I knew we didn't have the money in our bank account, I knew that God would be faithful. So as I went out, like I did on many days, to go check the mail, the day that the rent was due, I, I opened up our little mailbox. There were several things in there, but specifically there were two envelopes. They were from our home church, Life Point Church in Smyrna, Tennessee. See, our home church, they were going through a series called 40 Days of Community. And while going through it, they had felt led to take up a love offering for us. I opened the first envelope, and inside was a check that was more than enough to not only cover our rent, but all of our expenses for at least a month and a half. So I proceeded to open the second envelope, and inside of it, there was another check for $500 as well as, as a lot of cash. And, and there was a note in there explaining that the reason there was a second envelope, because there were people who weren't able to give at the initial love offering, for whatever reason, so they wanted to make sure they gave, so we had a whole other wave of money come in through the second envelope. 
That is a huge spiritual mantle for men to have. Because whenever we encounter times when we need to trust God more, we can think back on that moment and remember how much we trusted him then so we know that we can trust him now. See, the Israelites, they needed a marker to remind them that they could trust God that day. Last, spiritual markers are important because they help the world know our great God. In Joshua 4, verse 6, it says, When your children ask in time to come, what do these stones mean to you? Then you shall tell them that the waters of the Jordan were cut off before the Ark of the Covenant of the Lord. When it passed over the Jordan, the waters of the Jordan were cut off. So these stones shall be to the people of Israel a memorial forever. And then a few verses later, starting in verse 21, it says, And he said to the people of Israel, When your children ask their fathers in times to come, what do these stones mean? Then you shall let your children know Israel passed over this Jordan on dry ground. For the Lord your God dried up the waters of the Jordan for you until you passed over as the Lord your God did to the Red Sea, which he dried up for us until we passed over, so that all the peoples of the earth may know that the hand of the Lord is mighty, that you may fear the Lord your God forever. Hearing this from Joshua would sound familiar to something that the Israelites would have already heard directly from Moses. See, in Deuteronomy 6, Moses shared a commandment of the Lord with the Israelites. He begins chapter 6 by by saying that the Lord your God commanded me to teach you that you may do this in the land in which you are going to possess it, that you may fear the Lord your God, you and your son and your son's son, by keeping all his statutes and his commandments, which I command you all the days of your life, and that your days may be long. And then Deuteronomy chapter 6, verse 7 says they were reminded to teach his words to them diligently. And it culminates in verse 20 when Moses says, When your son asks you in time to come, sounding familiar, what is the meaning of the testimonies and the statutes and the rules that the Lord our God has commanded you? Then you shall say to your son, We were Pharaoh's slaves in Egypt. And the Lord brought us out of Egypt with a mighty hand. And the Lord showed signs and wonders, great and grievous, against Egypt and against Pharaoh and all his household before our eyes. And he brought us out from there that he might bring us in and give us the land that he swore to give to our fathers. They were to tell this story to their children so they would know how great their God was. So circling back to Joshua 4, after they set up camp, Joshua told the people of Israel that their children were going to ask them, what do these stones mean? And he tells them that they are to use these stones to tell the story of what God had done. And why would they do this? 
so that all the people of the earth would know that the hand of the Lord is mighty. So that this generation would tell the next generation, who would tell the next generation, who would tell the next generation. Because of this marker, this pile of stones, this pile of rocks, they would be able to point to it and make an impact on this future and tell people about their mighty God. This miracle of God needed to be told and told and told and told so he would be glorified and people of the world would know how great their God was. It's so easy for us to think that the spiritual markers we have in our lives are just for us to keep our eyes on God and remember how great he is. But the important reason we have markers like this in our lives is so we can share how mighty our God is. It was as if God was saying, look, I love you and I want you to have this land, but giving you the land is not the main purpose of why I'm doing this. I'm giving you this land so you will have a story to tell about me so that your kids and their kids and their kids and their kids will know who I am. This is a marker in your life that I have let you experience so that you can always go back to it and remember how great I am so that you will tell others about me. You know, that's another reason I believe in, in the D group ministry that we have here, here at Stephen Street. And I believe it's so important because not only are you going through a discipleship process so you can become a disciple for Christ and you can disciple others, but when you're in a D group, you are challenged to keep a journal as you study God's Word. You know, this is, this is one of my journals here. Um, so I've got a few of these already from going through D groups. And my kids one day are going to get these journals. They're probably like, oh, I hate it when you bring this up, Dad. So morbid. But I have all kinds of notes in here of when I was reading God's word and what God was telling me and showing me and maybe things that I was struggling with, things that I was praying about, people that I was praying about. And there's going to come a day where I'm not going to be here. That's, that's just reality. That's pretty much a guarantee for all of us. But after I pass, I want to leave some markers for my kids. I want them to look at these and view these as spiritual markers in my life. So they can read them and it will remind them how great God was in their dad's life. And as a result, I want it to challenge them so they will grow in their relationship with God. So when they have kids, that they will grow in their relationship with God. So when they have kids, that they will grow in their relationship with God. See, this isn't a journal just for me, just so I have something to talk about. 
for an hour when I meet with a group of guys once a week. No, this is something that I want to have a lasting effect for generations. I want this to be a marker that points my kids back to Christ. So what could have been viewed as a simple pile of rocks near the Jordan was so much more than that. It was a marker in the lives of the Israelites to remind them of the power of God. To remind them that they could trust him that day and that they would have a story to tell the world about how great their God is. Let's pray. You know, maybe when you look back on your life, you think you have a bunch of insignificant moments in your life. Just some small piles of rocks that don't mean much. So as you sit here, just I want you to have an opportunity as our, our praise team is getting ready to play in a second. And I want you to, to look back in your life. And I want you to think about what markers you have been given. What are the things in your life that you can look back on and they remind you of the power of God? What are the moments that, that, that are markers in your life that go, yeah, because of that, I know I can trust him every day. Or what are the markers that you have in your life that you go, you know what, I've just internalized this and I've kept it to me, but you know what, this is part of my testimony and I need to be able to share this with others. I need to share it with my friends and my family. I just need to share it with the world. So think about what are those markers in your life. And then I want you to take a second and thank God for those markers. Thank God. God that he put those things in your life to point him back to you. And maybe you're here today and you're going, Tommy, you know, I followed what you were saying and I agree. I think it's important to have things in our lives to remember and, and to, to mark them down, but I don't know Christ. I want to challenge you that as you're sitting here in and, and, and this time of prayer, Today is the day that you make your marks. And you say that July 4th, 2021 is the day that God changed my life. And make this day a marker for you that you can look back over the years and say, this is when God changed my life. This is when God did the impossible, what I thought was impossible in my life, and, and forgave me of my sin. Maybe that is you today. Don't let anything hold you back. Make your marks.